ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of An Evolved Review, and we are here right now to talk about none other than our favorite thing in the world to talk about, Dark Side of the Ring, Caleb Stovall from the SWN, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, man, I- I'm excited. Well, I- I'm like this episode after I watched it. I have mixed feelings about talking about this, and yeah. especially the way you teased me at the end there. Like, I'm, I'm like, hmm. What do you know? <laughs> you know, you know, Will, here's the thing about Dark Side of the Ring, man, is it, it's like, okay, we, we originally based this podcast around it, uh, the, you know, our, our listeners know us as the guys who will go in depth into Dark Side of the Ring, uh, yes. pe- people have been asking about having the guests back, that's definitely something I want to do, but here's the thing, we, we record these things in the middle of the night, it's much harder to get a guest for that so we'll work with it um but the thing about this is it's like it's it's almost never a fun topic right someone either dies uh is sexually assaulted uh has their career or their life ruined uh loses all of their money or usually more than one of those things well it is called dark side of the ring Right, it's it it's the nitty gritty of, uh, of pro wrestling, and and you know it is of course it's the dark side of it. Uh, you know they're not gonna have uh, you know your happy feel good moments on here most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's kind of the problem. Uh, and and you know at the end of this, when they did try to kind of have it in, in a bit of an upswing, um, you know, and, and I guess maybe it's a kind of a light hearted. Uh, cap on the episode uh but let's let's get into it man uh i don't want to beat around the bush here too much uh we did just get done recording uh our state of wrestling episode so if you want to know about what's going on with mainly AEW, what's going on with nxt uh what's going on in the world of wrestling definitely check that out uh if it's not out by the you know when you're listening to this it should be out shortly uh we literally just got done recording it 10 minutes ago uh, it's definitely a good one, but this man, I, I think this episode of Dark Side of the Ring has had the most real world impact out of everything that they've ever done. Um, you know, and you were talking about, do you know something I don't know? Uh, and, and I don't think it's necessarily that I don't have any sort of insider information here, but you know, with everything that's come out of this. What I'm concerned about is how willing are people going to be after this to come on Dark Side of the Ring and talk? Because at one point in time, it's like, okay, this is considered the thing. You know, uh, if Dark Side of the Ring, if Vice calls me, you know, I want to go on there. But are people going to be scared to come on here and talk about things candidly? with all of the repercussions that have happened over Tommy Dreamer. Um, And I'm not saying that he does not deserve those repercussions because I 100% think he does deserve them. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I get what he was trying to do, but it was the way that he said it and the way that he came off. You know, and, and Jim Cornette talked about this a little bit too, is like, okay, he didn't see, he didn't get to see, um, the flight attendant, uh, what's Heidi Doyle is her name? Yeah. He didn't get to see the flight attendant's like words. He didn't get to see what she said. So 
you know, she records her interview in a vacuum. He records his interview in a vacuum. And then you edit them and you put her tearful commentary about this tragic event that happened to her. And then immediately you followed up with Tommy Dreamer going, ah, you know, well, Rick's not going to do that. He's, you know, and it's like, oh, he's one of the guys. And, and it sounds a lot like rape culture because that's a, that's a crucial element of rape culture is people defending other people because they're their friends. Oh, that's my guy. That's my buddy. He's not going to do that. And, and they just write off the victim by yeah. saying, oh, yeah, man, I mean, I've hung out with that guy lots of times. He wouldn't do that, you know. And, and uh, you know, I hate to be overly hard on Tommy Dreamer about this, but, uh, you know, the way that he said the whole thing about Ric Flair, like about him coming out and twirling his penis around, that it was just funny or whatever. Uh, and, you know, and then him saying the line that really got me was at the end where he's like, well, if she was so offended by this, maybe she shouldn't have taken the money. You know, that part to me, it was just like, yeah, the icing on the cake. And so I, I think that he does deserve to lose his spot at impact. I think uh, anybody would not really want to be affiliated with him right now. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he is suspended uh, and everything like that. And, you know, he's I think he's going to return to impact wrestling. And I think that he kind of realized that he came off as a dick, you know, especially right. when uh, when he saw the backlash from it. Right. I get what you're saying about Dark Side of the Ring, and I was kind of thinking the same thing. And I was talking with, uh, you know, I was talking with my friend Blake about that. And I said, you know, I don't think, like, there's still going to be people willing to go on dark side of the ring. Oh, sure. Because here's the thing. While a lot of what happened on that plane ride is horrible. And, and, and I agree with that. It's nobody's fault, but those guys, they all acted like idiots. They like, that's the problem I think. And that's something I noticed when the collision in Korea episode happened, it was like, You've got wrestlers and they're acting like wrestlers, but wrestlers for whatever reason back in the day thought they didn't have to act like normal human beings because of that. Right. And and there was a lot of that in the culture. There is now too, but I think most of that culture exists. Guess where inside of WWE, because they foster this childish high school click uh, mentality. And I don't really see that coming out of, New Japan or AEW or any of this stuff. No, I don't think though that it happens like it did then. I think that the business has changed up a lot. It has, but hell, I mean, still five, six years ago, you had like Randy Orton shitting in people's luggage and getting away with it. Oh, I mean, wow. you, you know, you still had things like that happening backstage uh, I mean, hell, you still had them. Uh, who was it? Was it? Uh, it was Mickey James. They e they uh, mailed her all her shit in a trash bag. I mean, yeah, you know, and then and that was somebody in HR. You know, yeah, they yeah. foster Vince McMahon can say whatever he wants, but he fosters this gross, childish high school. And, you know, RVD even said high school is too much credit. Sort of environment, 
And it's like after the incidents like this started happening, I can remember where they started making all the wrestlers wear a suit and tie on the plane. Like, that was going to make them just look more professional, I guess. Yeah. I mean, dude, I get it. I don't think, that, like, there's still going to be a dark side of the ring. And there's still oh, gonna yeah. be people willing to come on and talk about stuff. Like, maybe Tommy Dreamer might not. But, oh, I, I doubt he'll ever be on Dark Side of the Ring again. But uh, Rob Van Dam and Just Incredible were actually two guys that didn't come off looking like complete assholes. Yep. Uh, here's the thing, though. You know, I, I doubt we're ever going to see Ric Flair on there. And that was one of the things that we were hoping for for season four was that now he was now that he's no longer with WWE. All right, cool. We can get Ric Flair on Dark Side of the Ring. But... I don't think that's ever going to happen now. He seems, and you know, here's the thing is it, it's not Vice's fault. You know, they let everybody talk and they aired what they said. Uh, they're not saying one way or the other, how they feel about the situation. And honestly, I wish Ric Flair had not said anything about it. Cause Ric Flair put out two different statements. And at the beginning of the first statement, he said, uh, and I know we're jumping all around here, but I feel like this is the hot topic out of this. Yeah. At, at the beginning of the statement, he said, everybody I've dealt with, my family, my lawyer, my publicist, my agent, have all told me not to say anything. And then he goes on for four paragraphs. Oh, my God. And I I'm just like. seen where he put out a statement. It, it made him look fucking awful. And I'm just like, Did dude, it? please, please shut the fuck up. Because. Here's the thing about Rick, right? If it happened, it and, and which I believe it did because, and that's my stance on it because, the flight attendant story is corroborated by RVD, it's corroborated by Dustin Rhodes, and, and the only person saying otherwise besides Rick, is Tommy Dreamer, who admits he wasn't back there and is just like, yeah, man, Rick wouldn't do that. <laughs> Which is nothing at all, you know, that it holds yeah. no merit. And, and, and again, the thing, though, what I believe Dreamer is trying to say is, is, you know, he's trying to say, like, like, this should not tarnish Ric Flair's legacy. Kind right. of thing. Because and, it's and like, I agree with that. If he had shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe maybe he didn't do himself any favors. Like the the publicist probably was right. Like like his agent and everything. Like he should have listened to them. Like don't say a word because here's what will happen. It will just it will die down. If you don't say anything, it'll just die down. And you know, just wait a couple of months. It'll be fine. But then you make a statement like that, and it's like, well, that's not good. <laughs> what what he really should have come out and done is he should have not admitted any sort of guilt, but he should have come out and said, listen, this was 20 years ago. Um, you know, I don't remember the exact details of this flight. I was very intoxicated, uh, you know, but, it, you know, I apologize if I made anyone uncomfortable Boom, leave it at that. It would have all blown over. He probably would have debuted in AEW in a month. Now, I don't know if it ever happens at all, man, to be completely honest with you. 
because a oh, lot of no, people. No. I mean, there's a, dude. There's no. There's a lot, man. There's a lot of people, you know, that are very. I, I there's a lot of people calling for the wrestling world to move on from Ric Flair, and even Dave Meltzer was like, I don't think Tony Khan is going to hire him. I I think that would be a mistake. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's. It's one of them, it becomes one of those situations. Then, should I feel guilty for watching a Ric Flair wrestling match or a Ric Flair promo? Yeah. You know, yeah. one of the. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, well, I was going to say, like, you know, that, that's always what my problem with WWE is. Sometimes when I watch a lot of their stuff, it's like, should I feel guilty watching this? Like, a man died in their company. And they kept the cameras rolling. Yeah. Should I feel guilty for watching it? Just scrape you know, him out. Just scrape him out of the ring. That's that's that that's what I always find myself with. And then like after this episode, I was like, God, now do I want to watch anything nineties or eighties? Yeah. Or hell, even two thousands. So let's set the stage for this, right? So we've got this european tour if you if you know if you haven't seen the episode definitely go watch it we've got this european tour we have this custom chartered uh private plane basically it's a 747 it fits the entire roster um they're coming back at the end of a very successful european tour everybody's hyped up this is an era where the business is booming everybody's making great money and there's a seven hour delay on the tarmac. So you're thinking I'm going to be home in five, six hours. And instead of that, you're waiting on a plane for seven hours before you even take off. And then you have to fly across the Atlantic. Okay. Um, the flight attendant on the episode said that they went through an entire cart of liquor yeah. And then another and then another. That they had gone through three carts before the plane ever even took off. And to the point where they didn't even wait for them to serve it. They just got up and got started drinks. pouring it. Yeah, I mean and and the other thing too is she said that that's never happened ever. Yeah. That she's never seen anybody do that before or after. And you got to think about how much some of these sports teams probably drink. Yeah, uh, 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 that that was my thought, and I did like, <laughs> and it seems bad now that he, you know, because he comes across so bad in the episode. But um, I did like how when uh, when she was describing it, she was like, she was like, okay, well, you're thinking of a layover. It's probably going to be like an hour or two at the most, and then Dreamer was like. Well, what happened was we were delayed for over seven hours. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like And, so and I, I get it, man. I, I've been on a I've been on an hour delay on a plane and it was fucking terrible. Now it was a commercial airline. I was not on a luxury, you know, private plane or whatever, but you know, it, you still, man, you don't want to be sitting anywhere set for seven hours, especially in a foreign country where you can't get off the plane. That's not an option. And you're just stuck there. And plus, you're ready to get home after you've been on tour. Uh, you, know. you probably already are nervous a little bit flying. 
Yeah, I mean. And anytime someone says, oh, hey, the plane is delayed, you're thinking, well, then there's problems with the plane, and I don't necessarily want to get on that now. <laughs> well, I think they knew it was a weather delay from Connecticut, so well, that's, yeah. that's fine. But, you know, either way, the, the, the shenanigans that went down, I mean, oh you know, God. ribbing has been a big deal for a long time. Uh, but some of the stuff that happened on this plane – I mean, it, no, this was ribbing taking to a new level. Like I didn't even consider this ribbing. I just considered this downright cruel at times. This, this was absolutely nonsense. Uh, Michael Hayes getting his ponytail cut. I mean, you could just picture all this stuff. They do such a good job with these little like animations of, of it uh, or these little depictions of it where, you know, you've got like, <laughs> I, I mean, I busted out laughing, dude, when they said that Bradshaw's passed out and Michael Hayes just comes up and punches him in the head. <laughs> and he just starts bleeding everywhere. <laughs> I mean, that's... I did that I busted out laughing, dude. That shit was fucking hilarious. And then, you know, you're saying Bradshaw knocked him the fuck out and immediately the plane starts chanting for X-Pac because they had heat. And X-Pac cuts the ponytail off. Um, and doesn't the, deny it. No, I mean the whole thing. I mean, this part of the whole deal is hilarious. Um, and this is what I thought the episode was going to be. Like, I thought, I thought, okay, we're gonna get some of this, and this isn't necessarily so dark side of the ring. But then the flight attendant comes in, and it's like that's when the whole story changes. When she started talking, the tone in her voice when she started talking, I was like, oh, no. Something oh, happened. no. Yeah. Um, and, and then it wasn't just her. It was Terry Runnels, too. You know, yeah. she starts talking about all the shit that went on with her. And I think a lot of us knew that that sort of shit probably went on back then. And I can tell you that that shit probably does not fly anymore. At least no. I hope not. But, I mean, there's no telling the kind of shit she probably got exposed to. And, you know, uh, them talking about Brock exposing himself to her and, like, the, you know, uh, Dustin Runnels doing the, uh, or Dustin Rhodes, we'll just call him Dustin Rhodes because that's his damn name, um, doing the whole uh, nonsense, you know, with the PA and singing into it. And, you know, it's like the, the person who was interviewing her said, you know, it's like every time something tragic happens, people are like, well, just don't sell it. Just ignore it and keep going. As if it's on her to be the only person with any sort of restraint in these situations. And, and yeah. that, man, is, is terrible. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. When I heard that, I was like... and. I guess it's because Dustin just said don't sell it because it's like Brock is a top guy right now. And if you rat on him, they're not going to do anything for you. I Which, mean, Brock, if, if that is the case, then that's definitely where WWE deserves to be crucified. Yeah. I mean, Brock got away with all of this shit. So did uh, Ric Flair. And so did Ric Flair. Exactly. You know, and, and if you look at some of the things that happened, dude, there were people that got fired. Yeah. That did nowhere near as bad a shit as Rick did or as bad as Brock did. 
I mean, they fired Kurt Henning. He's a goddamn legend. I guess because they think that he started it. But, dude, okay, it's not like they shaved your eyebrow off or anything. They splatted some damn whipped cream or shaving cream on your head. You're going to chase a dude through a plane, pick him up, and pop the emergency door at 30,000 feet and break all kind of shit all over the plane over it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think they both should have been held responsible. But it's just like... This whole thing is madness. And you can tell that JR was losing his goddamn mind. Both in the interview and when they were on this plane. Yeah, he... he I, I even love his line. And it's even in the trailer. And it's in the you know opening of the episode. Episode, if I never talk about the fucking plane ride from hell, I will be so happy. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm he, sure this is a night he wishes he could forget. Well, you know, and, and, and that was the thing, like, you know, JR didn't come across looking like a dick. He didn't know how to defend it. He was, and he wasn't trying to. He was like, he was like, I'm just telling you what happened. I can't defend, though, why this person didn't get fired or this person got fired. I was just told what to do. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think JR was maybe even assuming too much responsibility for this. Because Vince was on the plane, dude. And and this is a the thing. They don't cover this in the episode. Um, because I guess they couldn't interview anyone who was up there. But it, this is the same plane ride where Vince McMahon decides that he can wrestle Kurt Angle. Um, I was told that that was a different one. I know that that's what Bruce Pritchard said. Uh, unless you heard that from somewhere else. But no, I, I, did heard, a, I heard it from somewhere else. Like, there's been several people that have come on and said that 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 wasn't when he wrestled Kurt. From what I have read, it was on the same flight. But I if not, I heard that from Kurt Angle actually on his podcast. Maybe it maybe it was a different flight, but um, I could be wrong my, myself. But I I swear I thought I heard Kurt Angle say that that was a different plane ride that he did that. But here's also another thing that's interesting about this is Jonathan Coachman has tweeted that and come out and said that I don't know if I don't know what plane ride they were talking about, but Vince was not on that plane ride from hell. And he says he maintains that because he was on the plane ride from hell. You know what? You know what I really think about all of this. I think that this sort of bullshit happened a lot. That they mix up their stories. That that it happened so many times that several different people think, "Oh yeah, I was on the plane ride from hell." No. Not even, and it's not this same flight because there's there's a there's you know it's it's weird to me that that the Kurt and Undertaker and Vince thing would be on a different flight because it's like with all this shit going on on this plane, how does Vince not, how is Vince not aware of all that going on? Vince yeah. had to have been doing something and wrestling with Kurt Angle seems like something that would have kept him occupied. And you know that Jr. could not have said anything to either one of them. No, no. I mean, Jr. was helpless. Able to do. Yeah. Jr. was helpless in the situation. He did what he could 
you know, him telling um, Dustin Rose to, to chill the fuck out with the PA was one thing. But, you know, I could totally see the, the Kurt and Vince and Undertaker thing happening on this flight, too. Um, if it didn't happen on this flight and happened on another flight, then that reinforces my theory that, hey, they had these wild-ass plane rides and stuff. Often. No, and, and, and that's the thing. Um, they've had several, uh, like, um, one of the creators, Evan Husney, yeah. he, he was on Jim Cornette's podcast talking about it, and he said, he said, dude, when we asked Rob Van Dam and we asked Just Incredible and we asked, like, several other people, they were like, can you tell us about, you know, uh, about this thing that happened on the plane ride from hell? And they would go, which one? Right. Dude, RVD, man, some of the stuff he talked about, I, I loved how candid and open he was about it. I mean, he was straight up describing sexually assaulting people being a thing that happened where these guys would drop stuff in girls' drinks and, and things like that. And it's like, that's why they really had the Halcyons. They might have been taking them as well recreationally, but the main reason they would have had them was for stuff like that. And that yeah. is just disgusting on every level. No, um, I, I agree. When I heard that part of the episode, that's when I was like, oh my God. But I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked uh, at all. And I like how he didn't try to defend any of it. Oh, hell like, no. He was, he was just like, hey, man, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you that I agree with it. I'm just telling you this is the way it was. Like, yeah. You know, and RV, and like we said, RVD was, was the guy who came off looking, you know, everyone has more respect for RVD now than they ever did. <laughs> And, you know, one of the things going on on Twitter and, and other social media is, like, people are pressing RVD, like, hey, did you see Flair make her touch his dick, whatever? And RVD's like, no. But him and Dustin both confirm that he's wearing only the robe and he's crowding the flight attendant and, and, like, not letting her leave and stuff. And by that measure, I don't care if he did that or not. But there's not going to be any witnesses to that because you have Ric Flair, who's six feet, He's standing in a corner over this flight attendant in the back of the plane. There's nobody else in the direct vicinity. So if he did make her touch him, then no one was going to see that because he purposefully had everything blocked off. Yeah. So nobody's going to be like, oh, yeah, I saw him do that. But I don't care if he did it or not. Just the fact of him not letting her leave and crowding her uh, in the corner while he's fucking basically butt-ass naked, uh, yeah. is unacceptable and gross. And and once again, I'm not saying that Rick deserved outright without anything coming out of his mouth. I don't think he deserved outright to be canceled, quote-unquote, for this today because of the length of time that it's been. Um, but, I mean, it was still a terrible thing to do, and it was still on WWE that they should have done something to him, but he was a big star, so it's a different set of rules. Yeah, and JR even said that at the end. You know, like they asked him, why didn't Ric Flair get anything? And he said, good question. Yeah, you know? same reason Brock didn't. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and here's the thing, though. We've heard 
from Tony Schiavone on his podcast. Like he would make jokes, you know, about Flair doing the the baby's arm, as he called it, you know. Like that was a regular occurrence. So if you knew Rick in the business, you knew he didn't mean anything, right? Right. This is a random person, though, who does right. not know who you are, does not watch wrestling, does not know the type of person you are. And she even said it, and I'm glad she said this part at least. Like she said, I don't think he was trying to rape me or anything like that. Right. You know, he he obviously was trying to be funny, but it didn't come across that way to her. Right. It was and probably no one, the most horrific night of her career for her. Well, no one consoled her. And, and, and that was the thing. I think, like, nobody, like, JR or no one, and, and I'm not saying it was JR's fault or anything like that, but what I'm saying is, is, like, no one came up to her and be like, I'm so sorry for all of this. Th these guys, they're antsy. They get like this. There's been alcohol. We apologize. You know, we're so sorry. No one did that. And I mean, honestly, it's a it's a major fail on whoever their supervisor was, whoever was like in charge of those flight attendants, because they should have observed this stuff going on and done something about it. But it sounds like her and the other flight attendant that were on the lawsuit were just kind of left to deal with the plane, which I mean, this and this is like the worst plane ever to try to deal with. Yeah, um, can you say that one more time? You might have broken up on the internet there. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying that whoever was in charge of the flight attendants okay. really should have stepped in here because uh, it seems like the flight attendants were, it was just up to two of them to cover the whole plane. Yeah, and, and, and I think that was another thing. And I, I don't know if they necessarily did a good job of, of covering that uh, necessarily but I mean it just it it was something that shouldn't have happened but it did and nobody handled it well so right. you know I think I truly believe if she had gotten an apology even you know not necessarily even gotten money for it you know like if she had just gotten an apology maybe things would have been smoothed over a little bit yeah, but and, and because there and, was nothing done, you know. And the company she worked for didn't want her to go public with it because, oh, we gotta, you know, we can't have these big organizations thinking that, you know, if they have, you know, people doing, you know, sexually offensive shit on the plane or drinking too much or whatever, that it's gonna be on the news. You know, they don't want to hurt business. They don't want to hurt the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, this is another thing, too, is why Tommy Dreamer comes off as such a dick talking about maybe she shouldn't have taken the money, is it's very clear that WWE, her employer, and her husband were all really pressuring her to take the settlement because they all didn't want it all coming out. Yeah, um, I agree. But he, I will say this for him, he has apologized since then. Uh, who? Tommy Dreamer. Oh, I agree. And, uh, you know, and I I think, you know, the way he comes across in the interview, like I said, I think he deserves to get canceled. I, I don't 
I do think that he needs to look at his behavior and the way that he looks at situations like this. Um, you know, and I would be happy to see his eyes opened to that sort of thing. But, you know, if he's just going to go, oh, well, I'm a victim of cancel culture, blah, 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 which is how he comes across in the interview, uh, then fuck him. You know, uh, he should go find another industry to work in. But well, it, uh, I hope that that's not the case. Well, and, and it's not necessarily him being canceled. It was just, you know, he, he was defending Ric Flair and you know who he is and you know his legacy because he knows rick flair you know he obviously is pretty good friends with rick flair so that's why he said what he said i don't right. necessarily think it's because of the situation i think that even he would think that the situation is wrong but it's just it's rick flair and it was just the way he said it. He shouldn't have said it the way that he said it. I get what he was trying to say, but it's like, come on, man, you got to choose your words wisely. But I don't think that this, like, this isn't going to kill Dark Side of the Ring. If anything, it's going to make it even more popular. You know, Dark Side of the Ring is still going to be one of the hottest shows on television right now. No, I don't think it's going to kill it. I just think that there will be some people who are more hesitant to go on there now because the main thing that has come out of the episode is like, oh, Tommy Dreamer's getting canceled over it. Ric Flair's getting canceled over it. Did you see what happened here, there? WWE's removed all references to Flair, um, you know, from their program. Uh, Charlotte will probably just be Charlotte from now on. They probably won't mention her dad or her last name anymore. Um, you know, him debuting with AEW probably was supposed to happen as soon as this week. Um, you know, and probably and I, was supposed to happen at Grand Slam. Yeah, so I, I think that's been delayed indefinitely. So, you know, I, I kind of, I, I do think there will be people out there will be like, well, look what happened to Tommy Dreamer when he went on Dark Side of the Ring. I'm not gonna go on there, and I don't think we'll get Rick now, at least not for a long time. So. You know, I'm not concerned about Dark Side of the Ring remaining on air, but I am concerned that some parties may not want to be completely open with them now after all of this backlash. And really, it's like, if you have a shit opinion like that, you should probably keep it to yourself anyway. So I get it. I mean, yeah, I, I get it, but I, you know, to me... I don't know. I think I think that there would still be people willing to go on Dark Side of the Ring because, th I mean, there's a lot more people and there's a lot more stories and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, they don't necessarily have to rely on Tommy Dreamer for Dark Side of the Ring unless they do like an ECW episode or something like that that they might need him for. But, I, you know, and I think, look, Tommy Dreamer's not going to get canceled. He's going to get suspended for a little bit from Impact Wrestling, and then, you know, he's going to be back in a few months. You know, it's 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 going to... I don't want to it, say... It's going to blow over. Well, it's going to blow over. Well, I, I didn't want to say it like that because that makes it kind of seem insensitive, but it, it's not meant to come across that way, you know? No, but we live in a society that has, a you know, with a 72-hour news cycle, you know, there can be a... 
a school shooting tomorrow and in two weeks no one will be talking about it i mean that's just how that's just how our culture is unfortunately yeah and the next the next tragic thing will come along uh rick flair i haven't seen the canyon episode but it's not going to be good for rick if they talk about him on that episode they haven't no they haven't mentioned him on on this episode because he called in not too long before canyon killed himself um he was on howard stern and rick called in and basically shit all over him while he was on air um and canyon after the interview said that that really like broke his spirit because Rick Flair was like somebody he had looked up to his entire life. Well, I don't know if he, I, I, I haven't gotten that far in the episode yet. So yeah, I don't know if they'll cover it or not. I haven't seen any of it, but yeah, that's, that's the reality of that situation too. It's like, well, hopefully they don't talk about Rick in that, but if they do, it's going to be some more bad news for him. Um, but I just, you know, and, and I agree with you, the, the show is going to be fine. But I think within the wrestling community, as far as like the actual wrestlers and the people that they have come on here, I do think we will see some hesitance from people to come on because this is the first time it's been, you know, they got through two and a half seasons, but now people are seeing some real world repercussions for what was said in these interviews. And it has kind of shook the wrestling world up. So I'm glad it's getting the attention that it's getting. I just think that, like I said, we will see some hesitance from a few people, but I, I think the show's going to be fine. Yeah, I, I, I like I, the show's going to be fine. You may see that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced. I think that people will still go on. I mean, you know, people get misconstrued on podcasts and uh, news reports all the time, but they still go on them. That's true. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, the, the Kurt Undertaker Vince thing, apparently X-Pac has said that this happened on a different flight um, as well. Um, but nobody really would be able to confirm it except for JR and then Angle and Vince and Taker or Linda. Uh, because I- that's who would have been up there. Well, and, and, and that's what I'm saying is is I heard it on Kurt Angle's podcast that it was on a different flight. Right. Um, but either way, I mean, I think the thing that this illustrates is that Vince was complicit in this behavior. And this doesn't really come through on the episode, but it's like Vince kind of encouraged this sort of frat boy bullshit. Um, and, 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 and I think that he fosters it to this day. I think... It's not as bad, but once again, it's embarrassing that Vince McMahon runs the company and is supposed to be taken as a businessman, but he's really doing all this childish shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, look at the way he writes some storylines. Right. It's like, it's like you intentionally do that to make your, to make your people look bad. And, you know, he was always on and on, you know, uh, it's been said a lot of times that, you know, if you have an angle or a joke that involves farting or puking or anything like that, that Vince McMahon thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Hey, you know, his, his humor is less sophisticated than South Park. Hey, I love South Park though. I do too. I do too. 
Uh, <laughs> but I'm saying it's less sophisticated than that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's let, let's be honest. But yeah. I mean, you know, again, though, I go back to, well, you know, if if, if you're hesitant to go on Dark Side of the Ring, well, then it's because you got something to hide. Right, or you know that you're going to let some shit slip out of your mouth that's going to get you fucked up. <laughs> it, like, like, again, this is why I agree with Jim Cornette when he talked about this episode. You know, if the if the talent comes across looking like assholes, it's their fault. It, they were the ones acting like this. Yes, you can say, you know, WWE helped encourage it or not necessarily helped encourage it, but didn't really do anything to stop it, but... That's how the talent, I mean, I mean, they did that. No one yeah. twisted their arm and said, hey, go drink for seven hours. Hey, go do drugs. Hey, go act like complete idiots on a plane. They all did that themselves. Yeah. So it's their fault. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Dustin Rhodes has since said that, you know, he was on pills really bad and alcohol. He was just yeah. going through a rough time. And he struggled with addiction for a long time uh, yeah. during this time of his life. And fortunately, you know, he got better. Um, speaking and of... And he didn't do anything egregious as in, like, he didn't, you know... It, he just messed with the PA system. He didn't expose himself to people or he didn't threaten to lick their face. And if anything... Uh, he actually helped the flight attendant because he, you know, told Flair to fuck off. Yeah. Um, however, uh, I, 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 let's let's talk about Scott Hall and then we can wrap up. Uh, man, uh, you know, it's tough. Bad. It's tough to, to see somebody having those sorts of issues. I mean, Scott's issues are well documented. Yeah. And I, it, it's good that he has kind of turned the page on that a bit, but the toll that it took on him, man, is evident to this day. I mean, when they inducted the NWO in the Hall of Fame, uh, Scott looked like he was like 85. No, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and you know something? Here's the thing. He probably didn't even remember the plane ride from hell. He stated that he doesn't remember it all yeah like he doesn't remember talking to the flight attendant right yeah and i I believe him but it's like you still allowed yourself to get that trashed on a on a flight and and do something like that i mean you being drunk does not excuse it i think he was more than drunk i mean he was just fucked up but yeah I mean, I you know, I dude, it again, it, it it is what it is. Now I see why they started the season with this because I thought this was going to be more. I thought it was going to be more in the middle or something like that, and then no, they they hit this one like well, not the start of the season, but the start of the second half of the season, because um, it was. And I don't know if them, like, when they were putting it together, realized, like, I don't know if Evan, uh, the, the creators of the show, I don't know if they were like, um, this might rattle some cages on this one. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what they thought was going to happen, but I think they more talk. 
<laughs> I think they knew it was going to be a big deal. I think that they knew that it was one of the most anticipated, if not the most anticipated episodes. Um, you know, and, and, and at the end, you know, Jr. makes a very good point. He talks about how the, you know, incidents like this, if there's any good that came out of them, it's the fact that the up and coming talent has learned a lot from this. I mean, you don't hear about this stuff happening today. And like in this day and age, everybody's got a smartphone. If this sort of shit was happening, it would be all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't see, like, The Miz and John Cena and AJ Styles and, you know, people like that going on one of these flights and, and no. shit like this going on. It just wouldn't happen. No, absolutely not. Like, it hasn't happened since this, pretty much. Like, they stopped it. And, but and but what would happen, though, if, if, this, if shit did, like this did happen is your top guys like Brock or Roman would get a pass. That still would happen to this day. Yeah, um, it is unfortunate. And I, in Dark Side of the Ring's defense, real quick, I don't think they thought that Ric Flair was going to get so-called canceled or Tommy Dreamer was going to receive that much backlash. I, I don't think so either, but here's the other thing, is it's also not their job to worry about that. Exactly. Like, if they're going to maintain the integrity that they're known for and the reason that we all love the show, then they can't go in and go, oh, well, we're going to tone this down because it might make so-and-so look bad. I, you know, I, I don't want them doing that. I want them airing what these people perceive to be the truth. And they are going to continue to do that. I can tell you that right now because they've yeah. even talked about it. You know, they it, said that, like, they are wrestling fans, they, they, and they're still wrestling fans to this day, but they have to, at times when doing the show, take their wrestling fandom out of it and be journalists. Right, and it's not a, a situation where, um, you know, they, they need to tone anything down. The, and, and it's important to remember, Vice and Dark Side of the Ring, they are not telling you what to think they're not condoning or condemning anything they are simply asking the questions and they're airing the results of, to, of those interviews yep. along with the information that they've either uncovered themselves or been given yeah exactly and and that's the way it should be exactly well man i think we've about uh kind of uh filled out everything on this one you got any final thoughts before we get out of here I, I mean, you know, the episode is what it is. It definitely, I had a lot of mixed feelings coming out of it because, again, I thought that this was going to be like a Herb Abrams type story where right. it was going to have this crazy shit, but, you know, it was kind of funny and lighthearted. And then, like I said, just the episode took a turn. And it really happened when the flight attendant showed up in the episode and that's what I, and like, yeah, like you said, when you heard the trembles in her voice and everything like that, I was like, uh-oh, something, something bad has happened on this. So, yeah, uh, it, it, it's an unfortunate situation. It is what it is, um, you know, and, uh, but I, I think everything will be cool. You know, I'm not going to, I'll tell you though right now, 
I'm not going to stop watching Ric Flair matches or segments from 1999 or 2000 just because of all of this, you know, like I'm just not, but I do agree that Rick should receive some backlash for this. Yeah. And, but, and here's the thing is he should have received that backlash when this happened. Yeah, I agree. And not 20 years later. And that's, that's probably my only concern with it. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I'm definitely. Uh, I definitely know that the Chris Canyon episode is not going to be a happy, uh, lighthearted episode. As a matter of fact, oh, no. I thought that they might end the season with this one because we know it's going to be tragic. But we will be right back here next week to review the Chris Canyon episode of Dark Side of the Ring. So uh, we put out a double header for you this week. Um, check out all of that content. Don't go anywhere. Uh, like I said, we'll be right back next week with the Chris Canyon episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Caleb, man, thanks for joining me for this, as always. Yeah, absolutely. And you already know, right after the Chris Canyon, it's my favorite one. Is that the XWW? No, that's actually FMW first. Oh, okay. There we go, man. Well, uh, I know we are all looking forward to it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for chipping in on this one. We are happy that Dark Side of the Ring... Season 3 continues. We'll be right back with it next week. This has been an Evolved Review.